1: Available to buy now wherever books are sold. On
2: Pop. Welcome to Switch Done Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Nate, let's get right to the point. Whoa, okay. We have received over a hundred requests of listeners wanting to know why Despacito is such a successful song. Oh,
3: it's time. It's time. Our date with destiny.
2: If you've been living under the rock for the past few months, Despacito is the so-called Latin crossover collaboration between Puerto Rican stars Louis Fonzie, known for his poppy love ballads, Fonsi! and Daddy Yankee, known as the king of reggaeton. Gasolina. Exactly. Justin Bieber also adds his vocal in the remix, which helped break the song to uh, English speakers. And it has, in only a few months, become one of the most commercially successful songs of all time. Wow. Despacito. So there's been ample, excellent writing about lyrical interpretation and cultural analysis of Despacito. I particularly would like to point people to an interview in The Atlantic with Petra Vera rodeau author of Remixing Reggaeton, The Cultural Politics of Race in Puerto Rico. And you know, Nate, as non-English speakers with an embarrassingly narrow exposure to Latin culture, I think it would be inappropriate for us to tackle the song for its cultural importance. But I do think that Switched on Pop can offer is insight into what makes this song musically so compelling. Why does this song capture our immediate attention? Yes, please. Let's listen to a little bit of Despacito and Drop the Needle.
3: Go. Si, sabes que ya llevo un rato Tengo que bailar contigo hoy, despacito, quiero desnudarte a besos despacito, firma las paredes de tu laberinto, y hacer de tu cuerpo todo un manuscrito, sube, 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 quiero ver bailar tu pelo, quiero ser tu ritmo, que le enseñes a mi boca, tus lugares favoritos. Womp, what a hit, whoa, I, I, do we have to stop it? it's it's so good well I have
2: uh, bathed myself in this song for the last many days preparing to present to you this three point argument as to how Despacito is the most popular song perhaps ever certainly of the summer
3: whoa okay I love it I love that sexy metaphor of you bathing in it too take take me there I'm ready (laughs) We're going to go in three parts. First, success
2: begets success. Second, something for everyone. And third, the cheese stands alone. (laughs) I had no idea what I was in for. This is like a whole three-part drama. Episode one, success begets success. So basically, this argument is the argument that a lot of people have been writing about um, in various forms, which is that the story of the song Success generates more stories and so the song becomes more successful. And this is, of course, sort of the more cynical approach to looking at popular music. It is just a mass-consumed form with mass marketing dollars behind it in order to make it successful. But the song does have an interesting story, right? We have Justin Bieber so-called discovers the song while at a club and decides that he wants to remix this uh, Louis Fonzie Daddy, Daddy Yankee tune, which um, had been doing well on uh, the Spanish-speaking charts, but uh, had not crossed over into the top 40 so Justin Bieber does his remix
0: you are my sunrise on the darkest day got me feeling some kind of way make me wanna savor every moment slowly, slowly.
2: Um, the song goes bananas, huh. becomes number one in 50 countries. It becomes the most streamed song of all time with, I think, nearly 4 billion plays. The song is so sexually explicit that it's actually banned in Malaysia. That generates a big media cycle. People are writing about it being the only third Spanish-language song on the top 40 after La Bamba and the Macarena. Wow, is that right? Okay. <laughs> it's true just holy wild and all of the great news is is bolstered by some bad news you know all, all news is good news justin bieber uh tries to sing the song live at a number of concerts and he butchers the lyrics uh rhyming despacito with burrito because he's not a spanish speaker and that generates a lot of hate online yeah that was hard to watch really hard to watch. So each one of these, these points has generated a news cycle. And so the news cycle generates more attention for the song, and then it generates a more news cycle. It's, it's, a, it's a positive feedback loop. But that's not what we're really interested in. Not at Switched on Pop. What are we really interested in, Charlie? We are interested in the musical content, and that brings me to the second point. You kind of set me up there, but I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> this song has something for everyone. Let's let the song speak for itself and play it from the introduction. I want to argue that the entire song is contained within the introduction and that it gives you every single bit of something for everybody just in that tiny moment. There has not been one lyric, and yet we have been taken through an entire world of sound and are potentially kind of confused as to what's going to happen next.
3: Ah, okay. In the
2: introduction, we actually get the whole world of this song. It's a Latin love ballad as represented by Louis Fonzi and the melody of the song. It's a reggaeton tune, as represented by Daddy Yankee, and the rhythm of the piece. Mm. And it's also a modern pop hit, as represented by Justin Bieber, its form, and the way that it not-so-subtly appropriates from different cultures. Yeah. Quiero
0: respirar tu Deja
3: que te diga cosas i'm buying i'm buying i want all of the above (laughs) let's are we gonna go through one by one we're gonna go one by one so very cool latin love ballad
2: Louis Fonzi is known for being just this like love crooner, has these wonderful tunes that open up the heart. Mm. If you want to get a sense of Louis Fonzi, take a song like jagaste 2.
3: There's like, I'm watching the video right now and it's like Fonzie and this and this other guy, Juan Luis Guerra, playing guitars, like, surrounded by candles. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and so
2: in that music, what are we getting? That uh, acoustic guitar, the introduction that, from Despacito, the Louis Fonzie ballady kind of vocals, that is what
3: uh, we expect from Fonzie. Yeah, having heard and seen this other track, that is totally what I would be prepared for hearing the very beginning of Despacito,
2: and he, and he delivers. Uh, if we listen to the original Despacito, not the remix with Justin Bieber, and we listen to the verse, we get a, a big soaring melody that that really feels reminiscent of Fonzie's other work.
3: Go. Si, sabes que ya llevo un rato
2: We're going to talk more about what makes the melody so spectacular in the second half, but the melodic material, the feel, there, there's a good uh, part of this song feels like a, a love ballad. Totally. However, this song is not just a love ballad. After a minute or so into the song, things go in a different direction. We get a heavy amazing beat dropping right with the chorus when they sing yes this is the reggaeton rhythm and this rhythm drives throughout the rest of the song it's what makes it so successful on a dance floor and it is shepherded by daddy yankee who is one of the most renowned reggaeton stars in the world. introduced reggaeton to the mainstream with his song, Gasolina, which shook dance floors forever, continues (laughs) to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And so this song shifts from a love ballad into a reggaeton beat, and I think a lot of folks are saying this is a reggaeton song, but as I was saying, I think this song really has something for everyone, because on top of being a love ballad and a reggaeton song, it is also a mainstream pop song, and this is represented by Justin Bieber.
0: You fit me, tell them love, how you put it on. Got the only key, know how to turn it on. The way you never my ear, the only words I want to hear.
2: Both, you know, obviously his voice and his his place in the, in the mainstream, but also let's talk about how it's a pop song in a couple of different ways. It's a pop song in its sound. When you listen to the verse of the song, underneath it are these sort of plucky electronic music chords. <laughs> So these plucky chords that we're hearing feel very familiar. They appear in all sorts of electronic music, especially artists like Major Lazer. This is Diplo and company who often collaborate with or write for Justin Bieber. You could take any number one of their songs and you could find those sort of plucky synthy chords. But there's an even more interesting connection to mainstream pop as guided through Major Laser. They did a song with Justin Bieber called Cold Water. And what's amazing about this track, its harmonic and rhythmic connection to Despacito are undeniable. Cold Water has a basically reggaeton beat, right? and it uses the exact same four chords as Despacito. It uses them in a slightly different order. It's not surprising that Justin Bieber, when he heard the song in a club, said, hey, I like that song. Maybe I could do something with it. Because you know what? He'd already done something with a song really similar, previously, so,
3: ok. so let me this is this is fascinating because so what you're saying it's like part of the argument for hearing uh, Despacito as pop music is the fact that top forty uh, pop music pre despacito was already kind of appropriating the sounds and style of Caribbean music and using it in their Diplo produced hits. So we've been naturally primed to hear this style anyway. That's exactly right. Okay, that's cool. Isn't that wild?
2: (laughs) So the point being here, this song has something for everyone. If you are into love ballads, you're going to get that in the verse. If you're into reggaeton, check out Daddy Yankee's verse. It's amazing, right? And if you like Justin Bieber and want his voice on every single pop song as it seems to be, you also can have Justin Bieber on the remix and uh basically channeling all of the things which have already been happening on the pop charts. This song is a ballad, it's a reggaeton piece, it, it is a pop hit. This song captures, I think, all of its identities in the outro. I'd like to take a listen to that together and see how they all unite. I love it.
3: So what do you hear? Okay, so now the outro consists of the second half of Daddy Yankee's verse. Exactly. So this song like has h- hooks within
2: hooks, basically. Well, yeah, because it's overlapped with Louis Fonzie's post-chorus. And so you have these two different sections of the song, the reggaeton feel. And you have the love ballad feel. And you have underneath that all of the pop sensibility. And it all comes together in this amazing outro for song. Right.
3: So, I mean, this is kind of wild to me because it's like going with your theory of this song having something for everyone. It has two hooks, which is like double the hooks of most songs. It has the actual Despacito chorus, and then it has Daddy Yankee's Pasito a Pasito outro is an embarrassment of riches so far we have established
2: that the song is successful because it is successful recursively (laughs) right we have shown that it has something for everyone but i also want to argue that it is an entirely unique song i think that's why i said the cheese stands alone terrible title for part three but i promise you an impeccable look at the unique beautiful melody and harmony which brings this song together
3: In the second half of our show, I'm excited. See you there.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
1: Hi, checking in for.
0: or the perfect table.
1: Hey, where are you? Coming!
0: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card,
1: hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made
0: it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at
1: americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: There are so many uh, surface ways in which this song distinguishes itself from other things on the top 40. And that's part of why it's incredibly successful. But what I want to argue is that it's not just those elements. What makes this song totally unique and immensely powerful is that it has a harmonic progression and melodic movement unlike anything I've heard in quite some time.
3: Alright, so let's, I'm, I'm excited for this. Let's hear how uh, Luis Fonsi and his co-writer Erica Ender constructed this melody. I'm very curious to see how it ticks. Supporting
2: the melody, and we're going to get there,
3: is this fascinating chord progression. I,
2: I looked it up on one of my favorite sites, Hook Theory, where you can look at other f- songs that use common progressions. And this movement is really rarely used. It goes from a B minor to a G to a D and then to an A. And we've heard it in some other places. It is in Avril Lavigne's Complicated. (laughs)
3: I thought this sounded familiar.
2: (laughs) And before that, and perhaps uh, a much bigger song, uh, Toto's Africa actually uses this progression as well.
3: Whoa, yes, it totally does. However, very
2: few songs employ this progression. And and, and I think that there's a number of reasons. It's a little angular. And what makes this chord progression strange, that makes it stand out, really, is that it has this mixture of modalities. You are kind of ambiguously moving between a minor feel and a major feel. And it leaves us a bit unsettled. This ambiguous chord progression opens up on this B minor chord. And the melody will later support that. When they sing Despacito, the Despacito goes down the minor scale, landing firmly on B, and we know we are in this B minor feel. Definitely. But the chords move away, and the rest of the chords, the G, the D, and the A are all major by introducing this ambiguous chord progression, it constantly refreshes itself. It never gets boring. Every single cycle that it goes through, and, it, and this chord progression goes through the entire right. song. They don't use any other progression. Nope. They don't have a bridge, they don't do anything but this progression, but internal to it is this want to just like keep falling back on
3: itself. And I think that's that's the first half of what makes this song so compelling. I agree. It's one of those chord progressions that just keeps on giving. And every time you don't know, am I in minor or major, back and forth, it really keeps you on your toes. Okay, I'm with you. What else? What about the melody? I jumped the gun earlier. Now, can we go there? Can we go to melody land? Of course, because a chord progression on its own is not enough. It has to be supported by
2: a powerful melody and... Despacito delivers over and over. So in contrast to what I hear as a trend of simple verse melodies, often using a single note with a very simple rhythm, let's take Taylor Swift's Welcome to New York as an example. In contrast to these really simple verse melodies, Despacito starts us off with a big, moving melody going up the scale, building tension, telling us that there is going to be a journey throughout mm. this entire song but i want to focus our our discussion of the melody on the chorus and post chorus because here we really get the core melodic thrust of the song we have a melody that moves in two directions at the same time
3: ah because the melody has kind of an upper part and a lower part yes so when louis fonsi
2: sings despacito despacito yes. It walks down three notes, declaring itself in B minor.
3: And when we get to the note that's on the syllable C of Despacito, we are on the B home chord of this this song. We are on that pitch, B. So
2: in stating the title of the song, they establish this downward movement, Despacito. and a downward movement in the melody and then we go to the lowest note immediately in the scale and the rest of the chorus this song is going to be struggling to pull itself back up and it's going to be doing so while constantly also falling back down so check this out after despacito we get this note the f sharp here and it's a low note and it slowly works its way back up over the next part of the verse before it falls back down to the next note, the G. It goes from an F-sharp to a G. It's going to be working its way up the scale. And then, again, it's going to fall back down. It's going to fall down to an A. It's got an F-sharp, G, A. Building sequentially up the scale. And eventually, the whole thing is going to build back up so that it's almost to that B but it never actually hits that home note again. It actually goes above it only for the thing to recycle itself, repeat, despacito, playing that downward motion.
3: So this, this repetitive fall and then a struggle back up and then a fall back down again.
2: Exactly. The core melody of the song undulates up and then down. Internally, it is both rising and falling at all times. Just like the dancers to the song, just like the lovers who are doing things which cannot be said in Malaysia. Whoa, Charlie,
3: slow down. I got to... I gotta undo my collar here. This is getting steamy. Yes, okay. So, this is, I see what you mean. It's a very sexy melody. And, uh, and so if something's going to
2: undulate back and forth and not resolve. What has to eventually happen?
3: Eventually, you need to come to some sort of resolution.
2: Well, perhaps before resolution, there has to be a climax. Ah, okay.
3: I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> what,
2: uh, tell me about the climax. This song employs a wonderful technique. Called a post-chorus, in which uh, we have the despacito chorus, and yet it's not enough. Louis Fonsi needs more material. He's going to create a climactic moment in a post-chorus, a section after the chorus, which continues the material. And what he does is that he takes everything higher. Um, it becomes rhythmically more intense. I think we should just listen to Louis Fonsi serenade us. <laughs>
3: Right, and this is so cool because it's the same principle as the chorus. As in starting low, struggling to get high. (laughs) But But it's all happening in an even higher register than the chorus. So the sense of drama has been ratcheted up even further.
2: And eventually we get our resolution when they will once again sing Despacito and land on that right on the home note.
3: Despacito. We eventually do resolve. uh, And how satisfying. Um, I totally agree, man. This is like a a melodic and harmonic tour de force. And that's another reason why it's so irresistible. There there are so many things that are different about this song, which
2: might be on the surface. And some of those differences are really important. But... Ultimately, what I think catches our ear is always a song which is well written and that we want to hear over and over and over again. I am so pleased that Louis Fonsi and his songwriters and his collaborators have made something which uh, both bridges cultural divides and is also. Oh my gosh, just like a sexy song with incredible internal melodies and rhythms that just keep referencing each other and happening in these tiny moments so slowly and then fast moments so perfectly. Boom. Mm. So good.
3: I couldn't agree more. That was a really fun dive, Charles. There's still much more to be said about this song. I'd love to hear what our our listeners uh, are are hearing that we're missing. And as you said at the start, there's so much brilliant cultural criticism about this piece. So we'll link to some of those articles so you can read more. Absolutely. Nate, it has been a pleasure. As always, Charles...
2: Switched On Pop is produced by me, Charlie Harding.
3: And myself, Nate Sloan.
2: Our editor is Bill Lance, designed by Luke Harris. Switched On Pop is a proud part of the Panoply Network. You can catch more episodes of our show on switchedonpop.com, iTunes, where we would love it if you would leave us a review, and we would also really like it if you would like to talk with us. You can find us on email, contact at switchedonpop.com, or on Twitter, switchedonpop, Facebook, switchedonpop. Uh, We've had some really great dialogue with listeners over the last couple of weeks, so uh, keep writing to us. We'd love to keep it up there. We're going to be taking a little bit more of a summer hiatus. Nate and I are going to go on vacation together, record some episodes together, and we will see you again the first week of September. Until then, thanks for
3: for listening.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
1: Hi, checking in for...
0: Or the perfect table.
1: Hey, where are you? Coming!
0: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card...